0: We have been discussing Mark chapter 14, and as we discuss Mark chapter 14, that's leading up to the Passover, and Jesus is celebrating the Passover with his disciples. This morning, we want to take a few moments to consider the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, since both both of them are mentioned in Mark chapter 14. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the birth of Christ, the life of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, and the fact that through faith in Him, He is our life in the present. And it's our desire to not only hear, but to glory and live in light of Christ as we celebrate Him, as we reflect on the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And then also communion, for it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. D.A. Carson says in his book on Philippians, and I referred to this last week, but referring to it again, and I quote, I would like to buy about $3 worth of the gospel, please. Not too much, just enough to make me happy, but not so much I get addicted. I don't want so much gospel that I learn to really hate covetousness and lust. I certainly don't want so much that I start to love my enemies, cherish self-denial, and contemplate missionary service in some alien culture. I want ecstasy, not repentance. I want transcendence, not transformation. (coughs) I want to be cherished by some nice, forgiving, broad-minded people, but I myself don't want to love those different from different races, especially if they smell. I would like enough gospel to make my family secure and my children well-behaved, but not so much that I find my ambitions redirected or my giving too greatly enlarged. I would like about $3 worth of the gospel, please. End of quote. In the context of Mark continuing to unveil the identity, the character, and the being of Jesus Christ in his gospel to the Roman believers, he shares the account of a woman who poured out an expensive container of perfume on Jesus in preparation for his burial, costly, financially, because it was valued at a year's wages, and for today's Economy, let's say forty to sixty thousand dollars. In the context of the costly perfume, the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread are mentioned. Both were costly as you look at their historical context. Therefore, we want to consider the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Later, we'll worship through communion which reflects in the Passover lamb, Jesus Christ. The obedience of Christ to his father was costly. The Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread are vital to understanding Mark chapter 14 and the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. The Passover is set in the time of Egypt's great pyramids, It involved a death sentence for Jewish infants, a baby floating in a river, Jewish slaves, a burning bush, Egyptian sorcerers, tense confrontations with Pharaoh, divine plagues, a pursuing army, the parting of a sea, and the birth of a nation at the foot of a thundering wilderness mountain. This holiday, Passover, forms a background for understanding the events in the upper room, the symbolism of the Lord's Supper, and the meaning of Christ's death. For more than 400 years, the Jewish people lived in Egypt. Exodus 12 and verse 40. The time had come for God to bring them back to their land as he promised and we want to look at uh, several passages at this time. We know that the Abrahamic covenant is mentioned, and we want to read from Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. God has spoken to Abraham, called him to go to the promised land, and in Genesis 15, we're leaping into context of God making a covenant with Abraham. And in Genesis 15... Verses 12 through 16, as the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Thus the Lord said to him, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years, referring to what was come, or to come when Egypt, I'm sorry, Israel would be in Egypt. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your fathers in peace and be buried at good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Ammonites has not yet been reached in its full measure. Promise of something to come. That taking place in 1, or I'm sorry, 2000 B.C., Let's go over to Genesis, chapter 46. Genesis 46. Some 125 years later, we find that Jacob has gone down to Egypt. Jacob is going to die. But again, we find God promising something is going to take place. Genesis 46, 3 and 4. I am God, the God of your fathers, he said. Do not be afraid to get out into Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. I will go down to Egypt with you, and I will surely bring you back again. And Joseph's own hand will close your eyes. Jacob is considering going to Egypt, and God says, Go, but I'll bring the people back. Go over to Genesis chapter 50. We find that Joseph is coming to his death some 30 years later, that is, 30 years after Jacob passing away. Genesis chapter 50, verses 24 and 25. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised on earth to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joseph made the sons of Israel swear in an oath and say, God will surely bring you to or come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up from this place. And then we find in Exodus chapter 11 and 12, that the nation of Israel, after some 400 years in slavery, does leave Egypt. God detailed through his servant Moses the tenth and final judgment plague, which would befall the Egyptians and their false gods. At midnight, the Lord would pass through the land and kill the firstborn of each family and of cattle. With this fine final climatic plague, God would dramatically free his children, his people, from bondage in Egypt. And we want to read about the Passover in Exodus chapter 12, and invite you to turn to Exodus chapter 12, reading together from Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 30. Exodus chapter 12.
1: said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for, for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roast it over a fire, with the head, legs, and internal organs. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover.
0: On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals. And I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. For seven days you are to eat bread made without yeast. On the first day, remove the yeast from your houses. For whoever eats anything with yeast in it from the first day through the seventh, must be cut off from Israel. On the first day, hold a sacred assembly, and another on the seventh day. Do no work on these days, except to prepare food for everyone to eat. That is all you may do.
2: Celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread, because it was on this very day that I brought your divisions out of Egypt. Celebrate this day as a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. In the first month, You are to eat bread made without yeast from the evening of the 14th day until the evening of the 21st day. For seven days, no yeast is to be found in your houses. And whoever eats anything with yeast in it must be cut off from the community of Israel, whether he is an alien or native-born. Eat nothing made with yeast. Wherever you lived, you must eat unleavened bread. Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into blood in the basin, and put some blood on the top and on both sides of the doorframe. Not one of you shall go out the door of this night until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe and will pass over the doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down.
3: Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you, as he promised, observe this ceremony. And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt, and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshipped (coughs) the Israelites, did just as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne to the firstborn of the prisoners who was in the dungeon and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the night, and there was a loud wailing in Egypt, for there was not a house without someone dead.
0: In this chapter, God explicitly give steps which were to be followed by those who trusted in him so that they, unlike Pharaoh and the Egyptians, would not be struck by the final plague. They were to select a year-old lamb in its prime. It was to be a perfect lamb without any flaw or defect. It was to be taken from the flock on the tenth day of the Hebrew month, Nisan, and kept unto the fourteenth day of the month. This would allow time for each family member to observe the lamb, to kind of adopt the lamb, and to confirm that it was fit to be offered. This would also allow time for them to make it their own lamb so that it wouldn't just any longer be a lamb, but their lamb. This would deeply impress upon them the costly nature of the sacrifice. An innocent one, was to die in their place. On the evening of the 14th, the lamb was to be publicly killed by the whole assembly. Each family was to individually apply the blood to the doorpost, the door lintel, as a visible sign of their faith in the Lord. At that moment, the innocent lamb became their substitute, making it possible for the Lord's judgment to pass over them. And so the Lord instituted a night of solemn observance to the Lord for bringing them out of Egypt. Passover is a one-day feast, an annual one-day feast. It is to be observed on the 14th day, of the first month. Because that's the day the Lord delivered His people from Egypt. Exodus 12, 6. Leviticus 23, 5. Numbers 9, 3. Numbers 28, 16. Observed at a particular time. And that it was to be followed by the feast of unleavened bread. The core requirement was a lamb, Exodus 12, 1 through 11, Exodus 34, 25, Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 7. If there would be no lamb, there would be no deliverance. So, the lamb was central to the Passover and many times became used interchangeable with the term Passover because the lamb was called the Passover lamb. God required three symbolic foods to be eaten on the Passover night. The lamb, matzah, or unleavened bread, and bitter herbs. The sacrifice was to be a young lamb depicting innocence. It was to be roasted with fire, portraying the judgment that would befall it instead of the firstborn. Matzah, unleavened bread, was to be eaten, symbolizing the purity of the sacrifice since leaven with its Characteristic, sorrowing characteristic, was often a symbol of sin. Bitter herbs were to be eaten as a reminder, reminder of the suffering lamb. The Passover was important, the lamb being the core requirement, and there was only one Passover. One Passover, one Passover lamb. Every time Passover was celebrated after that, it reflected back, commemorating their deliverance. Passover was celebrated in the Sinai wilderness one year after Israel left Egypt, Numbers 9. It was celebrated as the Jewish people came into the land of Israel, Joshua 5. It was celebrated in the days of King. Hezekiah, 2 Chronicles chapter 30, and King Josiah, 2 Kings chapter 23. It was celebrated after the return from the Babylonian captivity, Ezra 6. It was celebrated extensively in the days of Jesus. It foreshadowed the Messiah as the true Passover lamb. The Passover foreshadowing the Messiah as a true Passover lamb is spoken of by Isaiah when he speaks of the redemption that was to take place in Isaiah 53. The Passover lamb would be innocent, a pure lamb, upon whom the judgment of God would fall in the place of his people. He would be the one who, with great bitterness of suffering and death, would shed his blood to provide a great deliverance. So we have promise made to Abram, to Jacob, through Joseph. We have the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. And when the Passover was instituted, reflecting upon Christ, And the four Gospels, being the Passover Lamb. In conjunction with the Passover, we have the Feast of unleavened bread. The meaning of the feast: it was a reminder of God's miraculous deliverance from Egyptian bondage. When Israel fled from Egypt in the middle of the night, there was no time for bread dough to rise. Deuteronomy six or 16 in verse 3, as compared with Exodus 12 in verse 39. It was to be observed early in the spring, March, April, beginning the 15th day of the Hebrew month of Nisan and to last for seven days. Because the Feast of Unleavened Bread begins the day after Pentecost, often the two holidays are blurred together and collectively referred to as the eight days of Passover. In the days of the temple, it was common to call it the Feast of Unleavened Bread, referring to all eight days. Unlike the other feasts, which were instituted in Leviticus 23, the commandment instituting this feast was given prior to Israel exiting Egypt. Exodus 12:14 through 20, Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread were instituted first. The feast was the first of three annual pilgrim feasts. During three of the seven annual feasts, Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, Tabernacles, All the Jewish men were required to present themselves before the Lord at the temple. Exodus 23, Exodus 34, Deuteronomy 16. And you'll find scripture refers to the month of Abib also. And when you read that, you say, I thought it was the first month. Well, Abib was the name of the first month. It was changed to that before the exile. There's, some, there's three instructions concerning the Feast of Unleavened Bread. First of all, specific sacrifices were to be offered in the temple each day of the feast, according to Leviticus 28, or 23 and Numbers 28. The first and the seventh days of the feast were Sabbaths with prohibitions of all work. Exodus 12, Leviticus 23, and so on leaven was strictly forbidden, according to Exodus 12. Leaven was used to promote fermentation in bread dough. As the leaven was in the dough, tiny gas bubbles are produced, and the dough expands without adding to its weight. But leaven, clearly forbidden. Now, as a sidelight, I find it interesting that Israel Went through seven feasts. I'm wondering today if we honored one out of seven and maybe had some sacred times, we wouldn't live such hurried lives, coming apart at the seams. God seems to set a, have set a pattern for. Israel, one out of seven, rest. And then there were feasts throughout the year. The fulfillment of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Sin is often pictured as leaven in Scripture. Matthew 16, Mark 8, Luke 12, Galatians 5. The ancient rabbis also believed that leaven represented the evil impulses of the heart. Leaven is well-suited to pitch your sin, since it rapidly permeates the dough, contaminating it, sorrowing it, fermenting it, and swelling it to many times its original side or size. Since leaven your sin, only leavened bread, matzah, was used in the temple. Offerings had to be pure, and anything leavened was deemed impure and unfit. As with the other feast of the Lord in Leviticus 23, the prophetic meaning of the Feast of Unleavened Bread is found in the work of the Messiah. Passover pictures a substitutionary death of the Messiah as a Passover lamb. The Feast of Unleavened Bread pictures the burial of the Messiah. And the first few fruits pictures the resurrection of the Messiah. The Hebrew prophets spoke of the Messiah's amazing burial. Normally, one who died a criminal's death, as Christ did, received a criminal's burial. Jesus was executed as if a criminal, but God did not allow his body to be cast outside the city in the garbage dump. Christ was in his burial because he was pure, sinless, Without leaven, he died not for his own transgressions because he was innocent, but for those of the human race, and we're all guilty. So he was honored with burial in a rich man's tomb. Jesus fulfilled the feast of unleavened bread in that he was pure and sinless, without leaven, without sacrifice. And I would pose a question to you. Christ is the Passover lamb. The feast of unleavened bread, picturing his burial. Have you come to faith in Christ? Humans by nature separated from God. Christ, the Passover lamb, died Rose from the dead. Have you come to faith in him? If not, why not today? In a little while, we will partake of communion today. The Lord's Supper reflects on Christ, reflects on the Passover lamb. And the Passover lamb reflects on what happened in Egypt. A promise made to Abraham many years ago. A promise made to Jacob. A promise reaffirmed through Joseph. And then the actual Passover when the lamb was sacrificed as Israel, or the night Israel came out of Egypt, which again reflects on Christ. And then the Lord's Supper reflecting on a memorial of what Christ did. Jesus Christ, as the pure son of God, became the ultimate Passover lamb who gave himself in sacrifice so that humans can be re- reconciled to God. He desires for his disciples, his followers in all ages to be willing to follow him in complete, total, costly obedience as men, women, husbands, wives, Fathers, mother, children, employers, employees, citizens, shoppers, drivers, and so on. He desires for men and women to have pure minds, to renew their minds, to be holy. He desires for husbands and wives to picture Christ in the church. He desires for fathers and mothers to teach their children and for children to obey and respect their parents. I would desire to receive the total gospel, please. I long for Christ alone, enough to make me content in all circumstances, enough to consume my total life. I want so much gospel I run from hate, lust, covetousness to glorious dependency upon Christ. I want the complete surrender so that I love my enemies, cherish self-denial, and speak boldly for Christ as a pattern of life. I want to let Christ so consume me that I forgive quickly and seek forgiveness from my family and coworkers. I want repentance, not excitement. I want transformation, not transcendence. I want to cherish the unlovely, those different from me, and spend time knowing those of a different generation. I want all of Christ so that I'm holy when there are family struggles and my children are not well behaved. May I be content when God doesn't fix my financial struggle. Relationships fall apart and my physical problems are not fixed. May Christ alone redirect my ambitions and enlarge my giving of time and money and abilities. I would like the total gospel. All of Christ, please. As the perfect one time Passover lamb, Christ sacrificed his life. Do you desire all of Christ? As we sing two songs together, broken and spilled out. And be thou my vision. Let that be your expression to God for all of Christ. Travis.